Welcome to the Power of Prayer podcast. This program is a ministry of All Saints Church in Lakeland, Florida. Each conversation is unique because of the topics and participants who join the Reverend Kathy Hewlin in the discussion. It's our hope that by listening to these testimonies and discussions, your openness to hearing from God in prayer will grow and change the way you love Him, yourself, and others. On today's Power of Prayer podcast, I am Reverend Kathy Hewlin. I am joined by Vicki Chastang, Phil Mays, and Jay Geary. And today we are bringing the topic of how we manage when we receive a diagnosis that impacts our health. And in particular, the topic today is cancer. And I know cancer can impact so many different parts of our body. So we've not decided to talk about a particular area of the body where we might encounter cancer, but just in general, receiving a diagnosis and how we respond to that first reactions, next steps, how we help to hold fast to the Lord. So just a variety of ways. And then since uh, we're part of the prayer ministry team, maybe ways that we would encourage and pray for others um, that come to us with that diagnosis. So uh, just first reactions, what happens when you receive such diagnosis from a doctor? Well, my experience was I felt like I'd been sucker punched, actually, because it certainly wasn't anything that I expected. I didn't have any idea that there might be, um, that might be a phone call that I would receive. And uh, I was literally in shock for a while. And um there's a, just a lot of information. Fortunately for me, it was on a Friday afternoon, and I, I had they had scheduled an appointment with me, with uh, for me, with a surgeon on first thing Monday morning. So I didn't have a long wait or anything like that. But my goodness, over the weekend, I mean, so many thoughts went through my mind, and um, people who I shared the information with, asking for prayer all had advice you know it's kind of like when you're expecting a baby everyone can tell you what your labor and delivery is going to be like and all of the all of the stories and um that was very frustrating and i had to um had to kind of sift through a lot of that information and and uh, keep my head on straight so um yeah for me it was just a very overwhelming time Um, I remember that afternoon, I just felt like it was kind of hard to breathe because it was just such a, such a blind side, you know, but that was um, my initial response. Thank you, Vicki. Phil or Jay? Well, I have two different stories with that. Um, When um, my cancer was diagnosed, uh, well, it was... um, found during a physical and uh, and then I I was very fortunate and that um, caught it very early so in a way I've tell people that I never really had cancer cancer <laughs> but but I I, I I was a bit shocked and in fact I, I asked my oncologist uh, urological oncologist so Mark Bandick I said Mark, how, this isn't supposed to happen to me. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, 
you know, I'm above, I thought I was keeping track of everything. And, you know, he said, well, you know, when your time's up, your time's up and you get it. But uh, the same thing, I, I started doing a lot of reading. Um, and I, um, I kept it quiet, to be honest with you, because that's my nature anyway. But, um, I, I just, I really relied on my faith, but I pulled on my life experience because I went through it with my um, my first wife, and it was a it was not the same type of diagnosis. Um, we knew there was something going on, and she was going to the doctor, and but then they called us in one afternoon late. Both of us they wanted to see both of us. They put me in one room, her in another, and when the doctor told me what was going on. It was like somebody had just uh, punched me very hard in the stomach. And, um, I mean, stage four, not much time, da-da-da-da-da. And um, I didn't, quite honestly, I don't think, looking back on I handled it really well. I mean, I was there and all, but, but it was... Um, but But I drew on her because... She handled it. You couldn't ask for better strength and courage, and um, and I just tried to ride it out. And uh, of course, she did too. But the the thing about it was, like you were saying, Vicky, I, I even wrote in my diary at that time. I used to get different people calling. Some were I called them voyeurs. They wanted to know all the grubby details. Some that were friends just. T stayed totally away from us and never you know we we kind of lost touch there were other people that were you know um our neighbor went to a different church but she she put andrea on the prayer list we prayed for her at our church and i had a lot of uh spiritual help at that time father kelly was very good and uh, <clears throat> had another good buddy there in town and um but um, she had uh, two close girlfriends, and um, we just hung together as a family and took it day by day. It wasn't um, through the treatments and all, but I, I drew on that because I still to this day saw how much courage and faith she had, and, and she continued. As she got sicker, it just she got more beautiful. And um, so I figured... I'm trying to live up to that standard, <laughs> and uh, but um, I prayed a lot. But you know, now I've got friends going through it. <clears throat> Some of them good friends, and I think when you're confronted like that, just being there means more than because because you have a tendency, or I do, to say, uh, shall we say, cliche or stupid things. You know, all the, for everything there's a reason and everything. Yeah, you know, deep down philosophically and theologically, that's that that's not what people want to hear at that time. But I think the fact that you're just there and you you help them out and you try to I, I call it nonverbal communication, where your presence speaks more than anything else. And sometimes people just um 
if you don't have any family or anything, it's kind of tough. And I've seen that too. And you just, um, or you can sometimes you just hold somebody's hand, Amen. You cry with them. Mm-hmm. But I think when I'm faced with it now, the best policy is keep your mouth shut. I don't want to speak present. too candid, but th- right. that's true because, and it dep- you don't know where they are in their spiritual journey either. But mine came out okay. I mean, I I still have a twenty percent chance of it coming back. But um, I figure I'm old enough and it doesn't matter now. <laughs> my my friend said that to me. He says, "Well, by the time they just <laughs> if they diagnose it again, <laughs> I should have been dead anyway." But it's just being sardonic there. But um, <clears throat> I, I think um, it. I think a lot of it has to do with your outlook. Um, really your outlook about is this the only life there is and if you are if there's an equivocation about it that's when the sadness really falls the cloud really comes down and um, anyway that's my side thank you Phil thus far just the word cancer I think is what Vicky shared and then what you shared when you first hear that or you know you're in a doctor's office as you and your first wife are separated from each other I mean, just that physical separation and then for the news to be shared um, it it is a scary word it continues to be a scary word today but as you were pointing out and as we'll continue to talk it's it's then how you can see past that um, and so I know we'll get there, but I want Jay to have a chance to just share kind of with this first response, like when you hear that word, when it's said in your presence and it's connected with you in some way, how do you respond? Well, I had had s- symptoms of something going on in my body for some time. I had, I had a form of throat cancer. It was my form of cancer. And uh, I had some issues with a, I had like a lump in the side of my neck that felt like I had the mumps on one side. And that was really the, the thing that was that was most um, obvious about that something was not right. And this went on for for probably two months at least. Um, and I went to various doctors, and they thought it was this, and they thought it was that, and they gave me shots for this and shots for that. And uh, you know, really, it really didn't make any a dent in what was going on there. And so. I suspected there was something a little more serious than you know an infection, let's say. That's what I thought it might have been. Um, and so eventually I had a biopsy done on a Friday afternoon. Uh, my then wife and I went to Lakeland Regional, and we sat in the pathology waiting room, I guess, or wherever they do this. And uh, the guy came in, he took a needle about, th- about two and a half inches long, and he stuck it right in my neck. Uh, and he aspirated some, some tissue, and he stuck it in again, and he aspirated some more. He stuck it in again and aspirated the third time. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm on a, I'm on a theme park of pain right now because every, every two weeks or whatever, somebody was sticking me or poking me or doing something to me one way or the other to, to try to figure out what was going on. And um, I, I, there was a part of me that, that suspected I might have cancer, you know, this is one of those feelings you get. 
And uh, that's not a good feeling, by the way, I'm telling you. But in any event, um, you know, I'm, that was it. They said they were telling me, you know, the following week what the, what the diagnosis was. And uh, my wife and I went home, and, you know, we just, I just basically went through the weekend. I played uh, guitar at the—I was at First United Methodist at the time. I was in the praise band. So I played in the band on, on Saturday, Friday, excuse me, Sunday morning. And uh, Reverend Tom came over to me. He was really nice. Hi, you know, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and my wife was really nice to me that weekend, you know. And she just cooked me a great meal and it was just, just couldn't be, couldn't be nicer. And uh, I was thinking to myself, eh, something's not right here. But uh, any event, I remember at 11.24 a.m. on Monday morning, I was sitting in my office at, at Peterson Myers. The phone rang and it was Dr. Bosley, who I, who I had seen before this, because he was the one who ordered the various tests. And he said, um, I need to speak with you. I said, yeah, okay, what is it? I said, do I have lymphoma? And that just came right out. I said, do I have lymphoma? He said, no, but I need to see you in my office. You have you have cancer. And I said, okay, that, we've got that out of the way. Now what? So uh, it wasn't that, you know, I was shocked by it. I was sort of expecting it, as I was saying. And uh, but it, it took a, it took a while to sink in, you know, and I realized that I found out that that my my wife and my pastor both knew Friday afternoon the results of the of the lab. I didn't have the test, but you know my wife worked at the hospital, so she had access to that stuff. And uh, sure enough, you know they found out that I had uh, squamous was it squamous cell, yeah, squamous cell cancer, and. Um, so I said, oh, okay, two and two together. All right, that's why everybody was so nice to me. So, um, But that week was very interesting because I, I saw my primary doctor, uh, Dr. Bosley, and then I saw, he, he suggested I get a second opinion, so I saw somebody at Lakeland Regional Cancer Center, and they were ready to ship me off to uh, uh, North Carolina to Duke University and have surgery on my, my vocal cords, and I'm like, wait a minute, time out. You know, so I went back and I got another another uh, opinion, and then I went to, uh, I think I went to Moffitt at some point. It might have been that week, but um, uh, it, it was it was one of those things where I was just bombarded by so much information. It was very, very difficult to keep track of things, and I was fortunate that my wife uh, is a nurse, and so she was able to kind of cut through a lot of stuff and ask the right questions, and I'm sitting there like a, like a zombie you know, thinking, okay, what's next? You know, what, am I going to get to go to you know, Disney World again or whatever. Because what happens at that point when you you got a, 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 an illness like that that's potentially terminal, you know, it could have been if I hadn't done anything about it. Um, and I was far enough along where it was getting uh, getting scary. But, uh, you know, what happens is that things just kind of shut down. I mean, your your whole, your whole vision of, of your world just kind of shrinks down and then, you know, you're, it's very immediate. What's the next day? What's I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do this day? This day, this day, this day. Things that, plans for the future, out the window. That's it. You know, because you don't really know at that point. It's, what's the point of getting all head up about, well, am I going to go to Europe this summer or whatever? You know, because you may not. And so uh, eventually after, after the initial shock wore off, um, it was kind of a quiet shock. I mean, I was like, oh, God, cancer, boo-hoo-hoo. Anything like that, but it was it was definitely a sobering experience to have that happen, because it it definitely 
refocus me on things that I needed to be uh, dealing with at that point, which was, which is, am I going to live? What am I going to do? How am I going to get treated for this? Um, my faith was strong, I think, at the time. Um, got a heck of a lot stronger as time went on. Um, you know, I had that experience, as I've told many, 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 many times to people, uh, how I was healed here at All Saints in, in a very emotional encounter for me with the Lord. And uh, but up until that point in time, things were kind of you know what's what's next, because I had to have surgery, I had to have a, a port put in me, I had to have I had to have a peg tube put in me because I couldn't swallow eventually from the radiation and the chemo, and uh, you know my my body was really under assault at that point in time, and uh, you know I I read a lot of scripture because I was bedbound for a while with the, the chemo treatments I was getting. And um, it just, it, it, I think initially what it was for me was that it, it rocked my world. And I had to readjust totally to figure out who I was, where I was going to go, what was going to happen, how I was going to take care of my kids, you know, what was going to happen to my marriage, you know, what was going to happen to my job, you know, and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So it was a very, I felt like, I had collapsed, you know, kind of into myself, and uh, had to re just re basically re redefine who I was, what I was doing, and where I was going. And uh, but you know, I never really despaired. It was almost like I wasn't in denial or anything, but it was just like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with it. I was getting chemo uh, every two weeks for three weeks, and the chemo they gave me was so powerful, it just knocked me you know, for a loop. Um, and it, it was so powerful, they didn't want to give me a fourth treatment. They had three treatments, four was out, out of the question. But I had uh, a radiation uh, program that was uh, half an hour of radiation, half hour, yes, ma'am, yeah, I got cooked. Um, five days a week, mm. eight weeks. Mm. And uh, I mean, I had more radiation shot into my neck then people get it, got at Chernobyl. You know, that's, that's what they told me, basically. And uh, I, don't, I don't doubt it. I mean, I, I have a hard time, not a hard time, but my, my voice is rough and scratchy now. It has been ever since then. Um, it, was, it was definitely a, a ride. And uh, it was, um, I lost 33 pounds. I couldn't eat, I had to go through the peg tube. And uh, it was a very, um, very difficult time in my life. But at the same time, and when I emerged from it, um, I was a different person, you know, and, and I think a better person in, in many respects, having gone through that um, experience, both spiritually and, and physically, it took a while for me to get back, but I did. And uh, I give all the glory to God for, for his help in that time of my life. Um, the healing that I, I experienced at All Saints was just a start. And I've, I've mentioned this before, that, that healing is a process. It doesn't just go like that. You know, you're, you're all better, ha, have a nice day. Um, it takes time. It's a process. You change. You, you're, you're, God is working in you. When he's, when he's healing you and he's 
working in you. There's all kinds of aspects of your life and your personality and your body and your soul and everything else that he is at work on. And um, some some days it's X and some days it's Y or whatever. But it's a constant process, if you will, um, of the Lord being in you and working with you. I mean, that's a, that was a healing experience I received and I'm still receiving it. And I am still grateful beyond words for what he has done for me. I mean, I wouldn't be here talking with you guys today if that hadn't happened to me. So, and I'm fortunate that I had the, the strength, well, physical strength. First of all, I was, I was in pretty good shape when I got sick and, I was, and that really helped me. And I thank God that he allowed me to continue to go to the gym until, until it was time to uh, shut it down and, and do some other things. But, um, you know, I, I, was very, I was very blessed in, in more ways than I can think about. I mean, if I sat, sat here for half an hour and, and wrote it all down, I probably wouldn't even touch all the things that, that I was blessed with during that time. Um, it changed my family, I'll tell you that. Uh, some of it not for the better, but, um, you know, it was a, it was a, a total life-changing experience. That's all I can say, you know. And the C word didn't really scare me. I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have leukemia or, or you know, colon cancer or, or you know, what's the other one? Um, I can't think of it now. That's why stroke talking. Uh, anyway, um, there, there, there's, there's other cancers that are way more serious. I had, a, I had a partner who had brain cancer. He was diagnosed in the beginning of January, middle of January, and he was dead by June. I mean, that's pretty serious. That's serious, you know? I mean, that, that, that'll definitely take your breath away. And uh, so I was fortunate in the, in the respect that I had. I had a form of cancer that was serious, for sure, but um, by the grace of God, um, I was able to manage it and uh, work with my doctors. And um, I mean, my, my radio oncologist, <clears throat> it was actually it was in July. I was, I was diagnosed in the beginning of August of 2004. And in either late May or early June of 2005, I went to see for a follow-up with my radio oncologist. The, the doctor who you know, did all my radiation treatments. And uh, she, she told me, she said, you know, because I told her, I, was, I, was, I said, I'm going to Canada in a month, and I'm going to go wilderness canoeing, and I'm going to be gone for 10 days. She's like, what? And I said, yeah, that's where I'm going. And uh, she said, uh, that's amazing. She said, when I saw you back in August, she said, I thought you had less than a 50% chance of living. I said, well, thanks for not telling me. You know, and that was one thing that, that I, I found very helpful with, with physicians is that they didn't use the P word, the prognosis word, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got five days or you got five months or a year or whatever. None of that stuff. I mean, they just said, we're going to do what we can do to the best of our abilities to, de to defeat this cancer. And I said, okay. And I myself embraced the, 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 the treatments Everybody said, oh, you know, chemo's going to hurt you. Oh, it's terrible, you know, blah, blah, blah. Radiation burn you all up. Well, it did, but you know what? I started from the, from the point of view that, you know, for chemo, drop the hydrogen bomb on me. I'm okay with that. Just do it. 
you know, as far as the radiation is concerned, burn me, do it. And I didn't back off from that. I mean, I had to take three days off in the last week that I got radiation. It was just before Thanksgiving because I couldn't swallow. And what I was doing is I was salivating so much from the burns that were in my mouth that I was like, you know. And uh, so they said, well, you can't, you can't come today. You're, you're not well enough. You're going to choke. You're going to aspirate. I said, you, you know. And so I went right back the next day and I finished it off. I said, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to do this. But, you know, I give the glory to God for giving me strength to do that. Um, and, I, and for the, the people that were in my life that helped me at that time, um, you know, it's, it's a, everybody has their own unique story. And I think one of the, the things that I've, I learned about it is that when you're, when you're sick like that, you're talking, Phil, about, about you know, people and friends and, and, you know, that, are, that are in your, your orbit, if you will. Um, pancreatic cancer, that's what I was thinking of. Anyway, um, you know, my friends were, some of them were, were, were good. They showed up, they did things for me, they visited me, you know, it was nice. Others just kind of disappeared. Um, but I figured out that at the time it was, it really was all about me at that point because I really needed to focus on what I needed to do to get better. That was my job, uh, was to listen to God, do it, do what he was telling me, do what the doctors were telling me, and just deal with it. And so when I deal with, when I meet people now who have cancer, um, I give them space because I know it's, it's about you. You've got a lot on your plate. You know, stuff that I'm not going to be able to fathom or, or deal with. I might say something that's, that hopefully is comforting or helpful. Um, but it's about that person, you know. It's because it's, it's a one-on-one. -on -one. It's you versus the big C. And, you know, it's a, many, for many people, they're fighting for their lives. You know, I don't need them to be grateful to me. I don't need them to be... You know, calling me on the phone, say, "Oh, thanks for coming over, or whatever." You know, your your job is to deal with this cancer and stay out of the way. You know. Thank you, Jay, for sharing. Um, since the Power of Prayer podcast is all about how we then connect in prayer, and so we've we've had a, a little touch of that, Jay, mm -hmm. that you shared um, that you received people praying for you here. Um, what are some other ways, Vicky? What are some ways that you have really connected with prayer? in your personal journey? Well, one thing that I really um, like that that you said, Jay, and, and also you feel everybody's, everybody's situation is different. And the one thing that, that we did um, it was we just um, trusted God. Um, when I say that the, when I got the news initially, I felt like I had been blindsided or sucker punched. Um, that's true. But I also heard the Lord say everything was going to be all right. And um, so I just held on to that word and to my faith. I know that God is a healer, and I know that whatever path we had to travel, he would be with us every step of the way and that everything was going to be okay. But I still had to hold on to that every single day. 
and sometimes every moment of the day, um, just depending on how much information was, you mentioned uh, both of you, you're bombarded with all this information at once and you have to make decisions and, and sometimes it's so much information you just can't s- sift through it. So our way was just to sit down and pray about it and ask the Lord, you know, what is the next step for me? What are you telling us to do as a family um, and to to follow the direction that you are giving me? And to get, and I appreciate also what you said about giving people space because um, you really need that space. But um, when I pray for people with cancer, of course, that my prayer is, Lord, just heal them. And um, I encourage them to press into God. Um, there are some wonderful, um, there are lots of healing scriptures in the Bible. And if you can, uh, I've had friends that sat down and made index cards with healing scriptures on them. And those are their, that's like their daily bread. Um, they go through those index cards and they have lots and get receive lots and lots of encouragement from that. Um, there are different forms of prayer with the laying on of hands and anointing with oil. And um, then there's soaking prayer, which is a, a method of prayer where um, at Christian Healing Ministries, one of the things we are taught to, ways we're taught to pray for chronic illnesses, it can be cancer, arthritis, or something like that, is to continually, continually pray healing over that and uh, ask the Lord to heal it. And um, Francis uh, refers to it in some cases as Holy Spirit radiation because it's just constantly asking God and asking the Holy Spirit to go to that area and to to heal it. And um, that's the soaking prayer is just to be quiet and get before the Lord and ask him to heal you. And for me, I put on very quiet music um, that I can just listen to. Sometimes I fall asleep, sometimes I don't. Um, But I just try to rest in the presence of God and in the Holy Spirit and allow him to wash over my body and to do his work to heal it. And I would encourage people to do that or to find someone that um, can pray with you, that knows how to pray with you that way, continually praying healing and um, get together with them periodically. And But it's, it per, uh, I mean, ultimately, it's up to you and your individual pressing into God, trusting in God, building up your faith, listening to what he's saying and following what he says to do. Thank you, Vicki. I was this morning. I was reading um, about Peter, Apostle Peter, healing Dorcas, and there's a gathering of people around. But he needed to have just time alone with her to pray for that healing for her. And so your point about getting with somebody who can do that and someone who believes in that healing and and knows that um, they're just going to keep pouring out those prayers for you, I think, is really valuable. And so what I've heard so far um, in our types of prayers that there's prayer for healing that we're just saying. And um, then also, you know, I think everyone here um, was just whether you have your own personal stamina, 
because Jay, you were kind of expressing that, or there, there's a team of people, friends, family that are really supporting you. But I think a lot of people need that type of prayer as well, just for the strength and stamina to, to keep moving forward and trying to fight, right? And then um, for discernment, that was the other thing, Vicki, that you were talking about, um, yes. because of all the decisions that have to be made, that you're also praying for that. So there's multiple layers and types of prayer that are involved. Um, Phil, I know, I feel like you were maybe looking up some scripture there, or some encouraging <laughs> yeah, word. Well, it was, um, it was one that, um, like you were talking about, I, I, I always relied on the Psalms and and just just reading psalms has always been very but this one has been through my life for a long time and that's philippians 4:13 i can do all things through him who gives me strength and um you know it's um um we, we must not forget that we're human and while we say this when you're in the eye of the storm and again, when I hear stories like Jay and you and all, and I, like I said, I feel very blessed that mine wasn't of the depth and width. I didn't play with it, but I had some decisions to make. And, and the doctors were good about presenting other f treatments and introducing me to radiologists and all this stuff. But the one thing is that constant trying to be in touch with God because I can't, it came to a time when they were going to, giving me different options and this really happened and i didn't know what to do and but i knew in the back of my mind i was saying i didn't want this cancer in my body and everybody's telling me about these different treatments and you go the the implants and um i was getting out of the shower one morning and i just said I didn't know. I was I was getting a little bit discouraged, but I knew something would happen. And I promise you, a voice behind me said, cut it out. Just like that. I If I didn't know any better, I think somebody was standing behind me. And I felt a little bit of relief because that really was on my mind. I put up a good front, you know, we can lick this, and I, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. But... Um, I made that decision and everything just kind of went smoothly after that. It was a long, longer recovery than I thought, but it was good. Can my, I, my advice to people always is to find your peace, which <coughs> is what you you basically right. said, that you heard this voice and you mm -hmm. felt something. And so you have to find your peace of of what your decisions are what what you feel like you feel peaceful about and you do that by spending time with the lord and knowing and hearing his voice and listening to what he's saying because you don't find your peace looking at all the different options and considering them and listening to <clears throat> our well-intended friends who love us tremendously family as well who love us tremendously and want only the best for us but also have opinions and um, you have to come to a place where you find your peace and another thing that I would say is surround yourself with positive people that those who are going to be uplifting and encouraging and who um, who are going to be positive with you I had two friends uh, who who said to me how can we help you and I said 
don't talk to me, please, about the diagnosis, but just spend time with me and make me laugh. Let's talk about other things. Let's have lunch. Let's go out for a drink. Let's do whatever. But spend time with me and just make me laugh. And they did that. I mean, I told them what they, I'm sure they were curious. Um, you talk about those voyeurs, I think, that the ones that um, there were people who immediately want to know every little detail. But uh, I told them everything that I could tell them, these two friends particularly. I told them and I said, okay, now we've talked about this. Let's move on. You know, let's have lunch. Let's do whatever. And I was so grateful for that because it was like I could breathe because you're so bombarded that you just feel like there's a weight on your chest and it's just hard to take a deep breath. But with with my husband, with my children and with my certain friends, I was able to just relax and breathe and know that they were supportive, they were positive and everything was going to be okay. So you I, can be that friend. I think you have to be very, at least my experience tells me that <clears throat> You have to be choosy about who you're going to be with during that time, because there are a lot of people who are just going to bring you down with 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 trivial, you know, stuff they want to know and and things that they. It's all about them. They want to they want to get more information from you about what you're going through, and uh, I mean, I was fortunate that I had three or four pretty good friends who really helped me out, and they, who came to my house, who, you know, visited with me. They actually came, I was in the hospital three times, uh, twice for a week and once for three days, and uh, they came to see me. And there were other people that I thought would come and say at least, hey, how you doing, you know, never showed up. Um, I was, I had a very contentious relationship, I guess, at that point with my law firm, they're like, why aren't you here? Why aren't you working? You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm sick. Gee whiz. You know, give me a break. And then uh, that, that turned into another issue altogether. But my point is, is that you have to be careful about who you're going to be with um, to, to, you know, you want people who are going to be positive, like you said, Vicki. Um, there's just too, too much negative energy out there of people who just want to, you know, argue with you or, or, you know, debate certain things with you, whatever they, it has to do with your illness. Um, I think you also have to be very choosy about who you want to pray for you. Yes. At the time that I had cancer, I was at uh, a church in, in Lakeland um, that wasn't an All Saints, and um, my relationship with the Lord was, um, uh, how, do, how do I want to say this, superficial at best. It was. I mean, it just I did not have the depth of of commitment to to the Lord, to Jesus, and to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit um, that I have now. Um, and it was, you know, people would come, well, you know, how you doing? Can I, can I pray for you? And they'd say a few things, and, and that was it. Um, I, I had some people come and pray with me at the hospital when I was there. And I think they were well-meaning, but they, they're, wow, I mean, I can still remember this. I felt like I was ambushed, you know, telling me that there was a, a, a demon in the room hanging over me and all this other crazy stuff. And I'm just, and I'm sitting there thinking, what have I, what have I invited in here, you know? And uh, my wife, who was still, she was still working at the hospital, and she was a patient safety officer. 
she came by my room as these people were are doing this wild kind of stuff going on, and uh, she was she was scared to death. She didn't know what to think. You know, I mean, and I was I was almost in tears. I thought, get these people out of here, Lord, please. So they were gone, and that was like, oh, thank you, Lord. And then I had another person who was in the praise band that I was with at at the church. And uh, he came over when I first was sick, and he said to me, and this is almost the best prayer that, that I got, and, and the whole the whole thing was that, he said, you know, I'm sad that you've got cancer, and I know you're going to go through a lot of, a lot of grief, you know, in the next few months or whatever, how this is going to turn out. He said, but he said, I am envious of you. And I said, oh really? He said, yeah. He said because you're going to become so close to God now, that I will not have that same experience. And I thought about that, and I thought, okay, well, we'll see. And you know what? He was right. So I think. And I want to thank you for being someone who prays at the hospital now, and you don't pray the way that you encountered. No, <laughs> that I, you no, no, from no, that no, no, no. I'm very, I'm very, 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 <laughs> very aware of that. Yes, ma'am. Um, no, it's it's, yeah, that was that was not an OSL type visit by any stretch of the imagination, but. Um, I'm just thinking about how tough it was when your wife came down and said, "What was that all about?" Uh, <laughs> no, she was just shocked. I mean, and I and, and you know, I I hate to say this, but but she she was very hostile to people laying prayer on me. I think that was part of it, and but she just she didn't want anything to do with that. And uh, you know, but it, it, you were saying, Vicky, about how you know. The Lord told you at the outset, you know, what you need to do, discernment, you know, to, to go forward with what you needed. I didn't have that direction until I had had my experience here at All Saints, you know, where where the Lord said to me, you're, you're, the battle's won, but you need to do X, Y, and Z, which is to follow your doctors and do this and do that and don't do this and don't do that. And, you know, if you do this, stay the course, have faith, you're good to go, and so, uh, and he was right. right. And he was right. Um, I mean, I, th that was about a third of the way through my experience with cancer and the treatments that I had, and I had a long way to go at that point. And it was a rough road after that. I mean, the fact that I, I had had that experience with with God didn't take away from the fact that I was real sick for the next couple of months. And I can remember it was the day before. It was Thanksgiving Day. You know, my family was over there in my house, and I could smell a turkey. And I'm like, oh gosh, it so smells so good, you know. And uh, but I couldn't take a bite. Right. I couldn't even nibble a little piece of of turkey breast, you know, or cranberry sauce or anything. And they're all, you know, yucking it up and and stuffing their faces. And I'm sitting back in the room thinking, gee, what am I going to have for lunch today? Oh, let's see, there's chocolate and vanilla and strawberry boost. Hmm. Let's see, I had chocolate for breakfast. Maybe I'll have. You know, I mean, that's kind of my, my dietary decisions at the time. You know, and they, oh, wait, is my, is my tube clean? Uh, we'll check it out, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, it was, it was a very bizarre experience in many respects. It was a funny experience in retrospect. You know, a lot of, I have a lot of laughs about it and I think about it. But, you know, when you pray for people, I think you'd have to just kind of put all that, your own experience aside, check it at the door, you know. It's mm -hmm. all about them, and listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you about that person, how you need to pray for that person, 
and be open to what the Holy Spirit is telling you that he or she needs right now for that prayer. Absolutely. And, uh, and then pray and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. That's true that, that you, at that point, if you're praying <clears throat> or if you're with somebody that has it, you, you, it's, you have to separate yourself entirely from that situation mm-hmm. from the standpoint of, oh, yeah, I know what you No, No, you don't know what I'm talking about because mm-hmm. you don't walk in their shoes, mm-hmm. and everybody feels differently about it. And and the um, well, I, I feel similar through my experiences that the Lord has been working on me. It took Him a long time, but I mean that 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 He's been working on me because I'm not the person I was back then. And um, in fact, uh, the episode here with uh, with my case led me to OSL. And um, I just, uh, some of the stuff I don't, I'm not going to talk about, but there were people that really I felt a spiritual connection to. And um, and it wasn't, they weren't obtrusive or anything. They were just there. And um, a few minutes, whatever, but they knew. And um, <clears throat> I feel very blessed to have done it. But... It led me to OSL and studying with Christian Healing Ministries. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I guess I would like to encourage anyone who's um, listening to this program and thinking about uh, ways that you can encourage friends and loved ones in this time. I, I, I know Vicky already shared ways to uh, just um, give them joy and invite them to share with you what they need and to respond to that. And then maybe you are going through the challenge right now, and you're hearing this, that you are um, having some physical struggles, and you receive a diagnosis, and now you need to respond. So know that there are people in this church, people that you've heard in this podcast, that um, are willing to just make space to listen for the Holy Spirit, to pray for you, hold that in confidence, and um just be part of your prayer team, prayer warriors for you. Um, so we would welcome you to come and, and visit us at one of our services where we offer prayer in the chapel. Thank you so much, everyone, Vicki and Phil and Jay, for this time to share. Can I make one last observation? Yes, <clears throat> Being sick, uh, having cancer, going going regularly. I, I went to the Watson Clinic, and you know, I had my chemo there, and I had uh, my radiation therapy there, and uh, I went often enough to where I, there were people that I encountered. I, I, they knew me, and I knew them, kind of thing. And um, there was a gentleman who shared. He was. He, I was at like four o'clock in the afternoon for my radiation, and he was at four for the other radiation room, and we would meet each other out there. And he would show up in his bathrobe. And his color, the skin that he his his color was was yellow. I mean, he had such bad jaundice because he had liver cancer, and he was he was dying. I mean, and uh, the the saddest part of it was that that um, you know he was there, he was fighting it off, but he was all by himself. Mm-hmm. He was forty something years old, and he had he, he lived with his sister, I think, in in Lakeland, and uh, but. That was it. He had nobody else to be with him, and I thought, you know, this is this is 
so lonely. I don't know. He never talked about God. He never talked about you know his, his relationship with the Lord. But you know, to to be in that position to be so isolated and just so lonely, I think is really scary. And my suggestion to to people in the church, I, mean, I had never had anybody pray for me before. I, I got prayed for here at All Saints, and at least in, in, for healing. And um, don't I'd say don't don't be bashful. You know reach out there are people here who would like to pray with you and to be a source of you know to extent we can be a source of encouragement and comfort um because it's very very lonely and to, to be in that situation is just um not i wouldn't wish that on anybody you know thank you jay for just so. encouraging us to continue to be compassionate and um, aware of different people and their situations and ways that we can be mindful of them and praying for them. So, well, bless our listeners today, and uh, God go with you. Amen. Amen. Amen.